Hello, and welcome to the Thrive in Change podcast. I'm Shannon LaBruyere. Hello, 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 everybody. It's me, and I'm excited to be here. It's seven o'clock on the dot. Hello, everybody. It's me. Shannon LaBruyere, I am live and loving it tonight. I am here on Sunday, May 31st, 2020, uh, to help you find ways to thrive in change, the change that you wanted, that you hoped for, that you worked hard to get, and then maybe didn't turn out the way you thought, or the change you didn't want at all and you hate. Either way, I'm here with principles that are going to help you thrive. So welcome, welcome. And if you are here with me, hold on a second. If you're here with me, Teddy Hush, the dog wants in. If I let him in, he's just gonna want out, right? (laughs) Teddy, go, lay down. Welcome, welcome as you guys jump on. I just want to tell you, thank you for coming together on a Sunday evening in the midst of still a pandemic, in the midst of chaos and confusion, transitions, all of that stuff that could prevent you from joining together with some good tools and principles, and yet you're here. You push through, you persevere, you show up. I am glad you're here. And if you would be so kind as to drop in the comments a hello, tell me where you're from, hit an emoji, something to let me know you're there because I can't hear you talking. I can, you can only hear me. So, oh, I see somebody's thriving. Paul, I'm glad to hear it. Carol, hello. So while you guys are jumping on, uh, let me just share. I was... Um, I had such a great Memorial Day weekend. It was restful. It was restoring. It was it was much needed. It was a great time to reflect. I hope you found that to be the case as well, that it was a good time for you to reflect and connect and be grateful for the sacrifices that people make, have made, so that we could have freedom here in America. That's something we value, right? We value our freedom, and it isn't free. So it was a wonderful Memorial Day, and I missed you guys, but I also enjoyed taking a breather and having some time off. So I'm glad we're jumping back in now. Welcome. Okay, in more news and announcements, my podcast is now on Apple iTunes, although they might call it Apple Podcasts now, but to me it's iTunes. Uh, I'm on iTunes. I have an official podcast. My face is there. Shannon Lavriere, Thrive and and Change. So I'm going to post a link to that podcast. And if you enjoy Sunday Night Live and would love to revisit it, you're going to love that podcast because that podcast is the audio version of Sunday Night Live. Uh, So that's awesome. Uh, It's awesome for you so that you don't have to watch the video. Oh, Giselle Ann is here from the Philippines, and she says, good morning. That's exciting. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Giselle's always sending me all of those hearts and smiles. I love them in the emojis. Um, All right, so I will post a link to my podcast, and I ask you, if you enjoy Sunday Night Live, please go check out the podcast. 
Uh, take a listen if you'd like to hear what the audio version sounds like. Follow it. Hit like. Give it a great review. Five stars. Five stars is what I'm shooting for. Uh, I'm honored. I'm honored if you do. And I hope that that's another way for you to be able to connect with good principles in a way that serves you well. Because I know not everybody can be here on Sunday nights live. And I know that not everybody can um, sit down and watch a video for a half hour. So the podcast is a great option for you. And feel free to share that with your friends and tell them how it's impacted your life. Okay, so enough about the podcast. Let's get started. Tonight's Thrive and Change principle is hashtag bring the honor. Hashtag bring the honor. When I was a kid, um, whenever we got in the car to go anywhere, the only question any of us children had, and there were at one time at least, six of us <laughs> all in the car together, six children, a mom and a dad, and we're heading off on who knows where. And all we could do was ask the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We'd be on the road for 10 minutes and somebody would say, are we there yet? And you just wanted to scream after about five miles because no, we're not there yet. It's a 15 hour drive. <laughs> ah, so frustrating. But that's how we're wired as kids. Are we there yet? Hit a thumbs up if you've asked that question or this is probably more likely for you to remember, if you're a parent or maybe an aunt or uncle who's heard a kid ask that question so many times that you just wanted to scream, right? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And tonight we're gonna to talk a little bit about this idea of are we there yet? That question, am I there yet? When from a young age, we've, we set our sights on the destination, right? Am I there yet? Did I do it yet? Did I make it yet? Did I get, did I graduate sixth grade yet? Yes, I did, Woohoo! And then what? Well, we realize, oh, I guess there's more to do, right? And so we keep moving. The question we tend to ask ourselves is, are we there yet? But I want to invite you to consider a different question. I'd like you to consider asking yourself this question instead. How far can I go? It's okay to ask your mom or dad, are, am I there yet? Are we there yet? When you're on your way to Cedar Point or Six Flags or Disney World. Yeah, that's understandable. But we carry that habit with us into adulthood. And we ask ourselves all the time about our goals. Am I there yet? When am I gonna get there? And I just want to encourage you to think about maybe that's not the right question. What happens in your life when you, instead of saying, am I there yet? Start asking yourself, how far can I go? How many have heard me say, I know those of you I can see have heard me say, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And sometimes just by osmosis, we start gauging our success, we start gauging our potential, we start gauging our abilities based on the person next to us. And if we're better than the person next to us, 
we feel pretty good about ourselves, right? Ah, oh, I'm so much better. Yes, I'm better than she is. I, I got a 69 on that test and she got a 68. Um, right? And we can feel good about ourselves comparing our per poor performance to somebody else's poorer performance. The better question is this, how far can I go? How much can I do? How good can I get? How good can I get? I always wonder, how far could I go? If I quit looking to the right and the left to see how people I respect are doing, I wonder how far could I go if instead of my effort being used to compare myself to the person next to me, I was instead focusing on that goal and then the one after that and then the one after that. Not when am I going to get there so that I can say I accomplished it. I got my degree. I got the promotion. I have my three kids. Whatever goal you had, if you've accomplished it, and you've stopped, what happens with the rest of your potential? What happens with to the rest of your life? I've really been thinking about areas in my life where I have said, I got there. I spent my whole time thinking, when are we going to arrive? When am I going to get there? How, when are we going to get there? Instead of me thinking, how far can I go? I thought for years that my goal as a postal worker, from the time I started unloading 70 pound sacks from the back of a semi-trailer, sweating in 90 degree heat plus in a stuffy dock, from the time I started unloading sacks at the postal service in trucks until 23 or 24 years later, when I was in a leader leadership position in that same organization, my goal was always to get out. My goal was always to get out. When am I going to be finished? When am I going to be done with this section of my life? When am I going to be able to retire? When am I going to be done? I'm not going to lie. I did not ask myself the question when I was a postal worker, how far can I go? I didn't. I don't live in regret. I know that we walk in the level of awareness that we have and I'm not going to beat myself up for being unaware of my limitations, unaware of how I'd put a lid on my ability to gain influence in the postal service. I didn't ask myself the question, how far can I go? I asked myself, how can I be happy until I arrive at my destination the day I get to say, bye. Some people, every day is a drudge. How far can I go? Doesn't enter their mind. It's always, when will I get there? When will I be better than the person next to me? When will I do better than my parents? Sometimes that's what the, the bar we've set for ourselves. Am I doing better than my parents? Well, I am. So I've arrived. I'm done. I've answered the question. 
When will I get there? I'll get there as soon as I'm better than fill in the blank person. Oh, my friend, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. When you set your marker for having arrived based on somebody else's journey, you are robbing yourself of so much joy. The joy of purpose, the joy of possibility, the joy of true success and impact. Because that person's journey isn't yours. It's not mine. I can't compare my arrival to whatever anybody else to the right or left of me is doing. I cannot. Comparison is the thief of joy. When will I get there cannot be based on anybody else's journey. It has to be based on mine. And once I've decided I'm going to walk my journey, I'm going to run my race, now the true powerful question gets to be mine. I get to own it, embrace it. And that is this, how far can I go? I don't wanna just get to a goal and then sit there and go, well, now what? Have to come up with a whole new plan? No, how far can I go? This was great, this is awesome. Rejoice for 24 hours and then keep going, keep going. We have so much farther to go. Our potential is truly unlimited. And when we put a lid on it, because we're asking ourselves the wrong question, when will I get there? And then we achieve the goal and we discover, this does not feel as awesome as I thought it would. Has that ever happened to you? You got the degree and you just knew that that was gonna be the thing that just made you feel like you'd arrived, that you really mattered, that you were smart, that you were gonna be a, a mover and a shaker and you're holding that certificate in your hand and you're thinking to yourself, I thought this was gonna feel different. I'll tell you why it didn't. Because it was a destination, not just a stop along the way. It's not too late to start identifying goals, but thinking of them as stops along the way, not ends in and of themselves. How far can I go? That's the question we wanna ask ourselves. When we ask ourselves, how far can I go? Our internal GPS starts going, ooh, let's see, ooh, let's see. And we surpass even our own expectations. It's true. It's true. I'm surpassing mine. I told you before, I didn't even have a dream. I didn't know how to dream, <laughs> let alone be a person who has my own business, who changes people's lives for the better, who watches their com companies transform. I had no intention of any of that happening many, many years ago when I didn't know how to dream, when the only question I knew how to ask was, when am I going to get there? When am I going to graduate so I can get out of the house? What a difference. What a difference the question is, how far can I go? If you've never asked yourself that question, I want you to ask yourself that question today. How far can you go? Because I believe, I know, you can go much, much farther than the person to the right or the left of you. 
much farther than them. You can go much, much farther than you even thought you could yourself. I promise you can, but you can't do it by asking yourself, when will I get there? And then slowing down to a dead stop once you achieve that goal. Some of you, I can see in our comments, some of you have achieved really great goals. Some of you have left a long career and then gone out and been certified it to be a chaplain. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> How far can you go? How much impact can you have? You didn't look at your goal of retiring and then stop, right? You said, what can I do now? How far can I go? How much value can I add to this world? It's a beautiful, beautiful question to just ask ourselves every day, how far can I go today? How far can I go? How far can I stretch? How far can I reach? How many people can I impact? How far can I go is a transforming question. And we have to ask ourselves that question it is not about a destination. It is about a journey. How far can I go? And so now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Thinking about this idea of thinking I've arrived, thinking I've achieved something because I'm doing better than the people next to me or better than my mom or my dad such an easy marker to use. And I want to talk about George Floyd. George Floyd was the man who was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis. And that is a heinous, horrible, wicked crime. And I have nothing new to add about it. And so I've been thinking, what do I say? What do I say about that? It's horrible. How important is my perspective on that situation? And I wasn't sure what the answer was, to be honest. I don't know how important my perspective on that is to you. But I do know that it's important for me to voice my perspective on it. <laughs> it's important for me to give you my take. Uh, to be honest about how I see it. And this idea of how far can I go really plays into my thoughts about that whole situation, about that terrible murder, the riots that have ensued, the upheaval, the civic unrest. It's, it's serious. It's serious. There's, there's a lot happening, uh, a lot of stuff that's uh, tragic. It's a big deal. Um, that seems like a minimal way to say it, but it's a big deal. So this is what I was thinking as I was meditating, I guess, on it, praying about it, asking God, I don't, I don't even know how to feel about all this, or I don't want to feel self-righteous. <laughs> I don't want to feel like I need to get on a, a, a soapbox and start um, preaching to people, uh, I just didn't know. I, I don't know where I fit in. But these are the thoughts that I had, and I'm going to share them with you. <clears throat> and I hope that they'll give you a little perspective, maybe a new way to think about it. This idea of how far can I go. Um, my mom and dad, when I was growing up, 
uh, were not bigots. Uh, they were not. Uh, and I don't remember them being bigoted at all. Uh, I don't remember them saying any terrible racist things. Uh, we grew up uh, two miles north of Detroit where all the riots happened. I was five when the, the Detroit riots happened. And I don't remember them uh, being racist even in the midst of a race riot. Um, I remember a lot of other things about it, but that's, that's not what I remember. Um, but I can tell you that as I got older and I, I didn't see my parents as racist, I could notice some things about them. I could notice that um, they used some terms for different ethnicities that probably weren't nice. And I noticed, uh, I noticed that um, sometimes if they were telling a story, um, they'd include the term, and then this black person came up, which I noticed because it wasn't really relevant to the story, but I noticed it. And so when my mom would tell me, you know, she's not bigoted and, and I believed her, I, when we grew up, she wasn't, I could still see some evidence of bias. When we would go over to my grandma and grandpa's house, they would say things sometimes that when we got in the car, my mom would say to us, now, I don't want you to think bad of grandma and grandpa, but what they were saying about those people down the street, that wasn't how we look at people. We don't call people names and we don't look at them like that. We treat them like individuals. My mom would say that. She noticed that about her parents. That, um, And they weren't bigoted. My grandfather was one of the most welcoming old guys I ever knew. He didn't care who you were or what you looked like. And as a child, this is what I saw. So my grandparents, my grandpa was probably born in 1919, 1918. And so his parents had been alive during the Civil War. And so my grandpa felt like he was a pretty open-minded person. And when I saw him, not so much. And then my mom was a lot more open-minded than her dad was. <clears throat> she could easily tell me where my grandpa and my grandma were not quite as open-minded as they wanted us to think. Um, she could easily see that in them. And so she would explain it to us so that we weren't impacted by it, right? Uh, but she didn't notice her own biases. And then I think about me. And as I'm watching all of this unfold, the story of blatant racism, in my opinion, <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty blatant. And if it were a one-off, it wouldn't be racism. It would be terrible murder. Um, but it isn't a one-off. There's a lot of other people in the same boat that were killed for no good reason, overreacting people. And so I look at myself and I say, I've arrived because I am far more open-minded than my mom was. She thought she was awesome and I could tell she wasn't, but me... I'm great. I don't have any biases at all. And what I didn't realize is that I have perhaps, probably, um, built a little fence 
around what a non-bigoted, open-minded person I am. I've arrived. And once I've arrived, I'm going to put down some stakes, right? I'm going to, I'm going to sink my, my roots in. Here I am. I am the perfect example of a non-racist person. Thank you very much. And I've been asking myself the wrong question. I've been real content to be who I am, to see these really complicated issues of race and disagreement and viewpoints and diversity, and it's all very complicated to me. And I've been really content to say, you know what, I'm, I'm a lot better than my mom was. I'm a lot better than that, so whew, I'm good. And that's the wrong marker. Our marker in these cases, cases like this, with these difficult, challenging, heart-wrenching incidents and conversations that happen after, things like a man's death being captured on film, um, that's a big deal. And it's not time for me to sit back and rest on the fact that I know what I believe about race. I know what I believe about diversity. I know what I believe about I don't even know how to say it. I know what I believe about the value of humans <laughs> and what I believe about the value of individuals. And what I'm now starting to ask myself is, how far can I go in my understanding of what other people are going through? How far can I go in understanding what their challenges are, um, where they're coming from, what they battle? Like Stephen Covey says, and I love this, it's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand and then be understood. Um, I have felt like I understood. And all of this new information coming in has just let me know that I don't. I don't understand. I don't get it. And I want to. I want to do better. I want to move forward. I want... I don't want to just be better than the generation before me. And I know that things build, you know, you don't have change overnight. It, it does, it, it happens on a continuum often, especially cultural change. It's not an overnight process, uh, but I want to be a part of the change that makes things better. And I don't even know what the definition of better is, but I know what it's not. And the, the death of, of George Floyd doesn't need to happen again to anybody ever. What role do I play in that? I don't know, but I can tell you this. I'm starting to believe that I have a role, that it's not my job just to know that I've made my decision to love people equally and treat them across the board, regardless of their race or religion or sexual orientation, to treat them with love. Um, just knowing that that's the decision I've made is much different than allowing myself to see how far can I go in having genuine relationships with people who are not like me, who do not think like me, who don't believe the same thing I believe. 
And I feel like that's part of my thriving and change. That's part of me bringing the honor, saying, all right, I'm willing to show up and have this sticky conversation about something that I don't even understand a lot of, and I'm probably going to say the wrong thing. But I'm willing to speak, and I'm willing to learn, and I'm willing to connect. So that's where I stand on the murder of George Lucas. And my tendency when things are uncomfortable to congratulate myself for doing better than the people who came before me and sit back. It's George Floyd, by the way, not George Lucas. Have I said George Lucas the whole time? I might have to delete this, you guys. George Lucas does Star Wars. They feel my heart. George Floyd. May he rest in peace. I may say the wrong thing, but my heart, my heart knows I can't just stop here. So there you have it. How far can we go? Where have we put up the fence? Where have we said? I'm not going to go any farther. I've arrived. I've quit growing. I've quit changing. I've quit evolving. And where can we say, is there another place I can go with this? Can I get better? Can I lean in more? I am really honored that you guys joined tonight. I am so blessed, always blessed, to know that you take time out of your night to lean in and listen. I appreciate it. I ask God to bless you, to help you to grow and thrive and change. Bring the honor to every situation. The honor says, I'm a person of potential and promise, and I am called to live into that. And every place I show up, I show up knowing that I'm there for a reason. God bless you all. Any questions or comments? Let's see. We've got Laura says this, the joy of now. Oh, hi. Um, hi, Tammy. Laura says this, the joy of now, missing this moment because we're looking for something better than what we have now. Yeah. Have the goals, but don't miss living in this day. I love the quote, the comparison is the thief of joy. Stop looking at others, she says. You're welcome. Ah. Jerry Holland is reminding us, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, there's Miracle Prayer, 945 Central. On his Facebook page, you can um, follow him. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it, trying to see what shows up when I highlight his name. Do that. Oh, and Carol says, treat with love. We can get better, Carol says. Thank you for bringing the honor. You're welcome. God bless you all. Take care. Bye.